we don't like to think about, but it enters into our conscious some of the time, especially when there is leaked footage, um, like what just took place recently at a factory farm in Norfolk showing workers mistreating chickens. Videos like these, they pop up all the time. And I'm guessing that even as I'm kind of describing this, you can call to mind the type of content that I'm talking about, some really disturbing images of of animals being being kicked and and thrown. So... How do we stack up when we look at Canada and the way that our food companies treat animals? Uh, We're going to get into it right now with our first guest, who's a corporate engagement manager for Mercy for Animals, PJ Nyman. PJ, thanks so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Chelsea. I'm glad to be here. So Mercy for Animals released their third annual Canada Animal Welfare Scorecard. So PJ, just clarify for us, what is this scorecard um, measuring? What metrics does it use? What is this all about? Yes, happy to talk about it. So this is the third year that we've been looking at how companies in Canada are performing when it comes to animal welfare. So we're looking at 40 major food companies in the country, restaurants, grocery stores, manufacturers, food service providers, companies that are household names to most Canadians, and looking at how they're doing at fulfilling public promises they've made to ban cruel practices in their supply chains. Okay, so we're looking at fast food uh, chains, we're looking at restaurants, we're looking at supermarkets, grocery stores, pretty much everything, right? Yeah, exactly. Kind of a representative sample of various sectors of the food industry that directly sell food to the public. And so uh, clarify then, we're, we're only looking at some companies that have made big broad statements in terms of what their goals are or are going to be. For the most part, um, but this is actually because most major food companies in Canada have made these public commitments. Mm. Um, So in the 2010s, there were a series of undercover cruelty investigations, and now you just mentioned those too. Um, Many Canadians have seen these covered by major news outlets, and a lot of those investigations actually led big companies to make commitments to banning some of those practices that were witnessed in the videos. And so most of the companies have committed. There are some who haven't, but by and large, the ones we feature have. And so we're following up and looking at how have they been doing? Are they fulfilling those policies? Are they being transparent about their progress? Are they publicizing plans to make sure that they're actually keeping their word? So there have been a couple of of public promises made by some big companies. For example, A&W's pork um, now comes from pigs that aren't confined to crates. Uh, Tim Hortons has made a deadline to serve cage-free eggs. It was originally supposed to be 2030. Now it's looking more like 2050. So Walk us through some of the findings from this report, PJ. Who is measuring up to what they promised and who is missing the mark? Yeah, I'm happy to summarize that. And just a point of clarification with Tim Hortons, their original deadline was 2025 for phasing out cages um, from their egg supply, and they've postponed that by five years to 2030. And and part of the reason that's been surprising to us as a finding is because, I mean, first of all, Tim Hortons is the biggest brand in Canada Mm -hmm. um, in terms of annual sales. And they also committed seven years ago. Um, So when we look at a company like as large as them who made this commitment seven years ago to transition away from using cruel confinement um, in their egg supply chain by 2025, it's alarming that in 2022, 2023, we're hearing that they're delaying it by five years, but we don't have any evidence yet that they've even done any work on this policy except like a very small percentage that they've reported for all of North America. What would be the the rationale there? Just describe for us, what's the difference from a manufacturing standpoint when we're talking about providing cage-free eggs? Are they just harder to supply the demand that's out there as a country? 
I mean, not not in particular, because here we have most of the major food companies have actually committed to sourcing exclusively cage-free eggs by 2025. So the demand is there in terms of companies who have made these commitments and will source those eggs. In the case of eggs, unfortunately, the industry just hasn't been responding to this. And this has been another finding of the report, which has really surprised us, is just how far behind Canada is when it comes to cage confinement, particularly around eggs. Um, we're behind the United States, the UK, Europe. And I think the United States is usually the, the point that shocks most people, um, where you know we haven't really been growing much in terms of the number of farms in Canada that are cage-free, whereas in the United States it's been growing um, every single year and is now close to 40%. When we're, when we're sort of defining for someone who's not necessarily familiar, how does that then impact the treatment of those animals? Yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, it is, as you mentioned earlier, a difficult topic. I know it's, um, you know, it, nobody wants to really think about it, but it is the reality of industrial farming today. Um, for context, you know, the average egg farm in Canada has 25,000 hens. That's just an average farm. And so on these farms, when birds are kept in cages, we're talking about them spending anywhere from one to three years entirely confined in a small wire cage. So this is, you know, space per hen of maybe a standard sheet of paper, a legal sheet of paper at most. They're unable to walk or spread their wings. They can't engage in natural behaviors like perching or foraging or nesting. And because of this lack of stimulation, too, in this very barren environment, they are subjected to chronic stress. You know, they end up with aggression or self-mutilation and things that are just really, you know, unusual for animals to exhibit and things that are significantly reduced when they are moved to well-managed cage-free systems. So let's move to supermarkets and grocery chains. Are we seeing any movement in terms of the promises that those companies have made? I'd say that the area we've seen the most improvement on from grocery stores is transparency. Just in terms of when we started the report to the third edition, most major grocery chains are now being far more transparent about where they're at in, for example, the cage-free transition or moving away from using crates um, for the pork that they source. But we're not really seeing meaningful year-over-year progress. So the, the great thing about having an annual report is we can, you know, do these comparisons. And so now we're in a position on year three to see, well, these companies started reporting this finally, they're being honest about where they're at, but we're not really seeing enough growth toward actually getting to 100%. So that's where I think grocery stores have a lot more work to do is really working collaboratively with industry, investing um, to make sure that they are fulfilling these promises. And we did a cool breakdown this year in the report for folks who are interested of exactly how the grocery stores compare when it comes to transparency. Um, So I'd recommend folks check that out too. Did anyone score 100%, whether it be a grocery store or supermarket or a restaurant? Not quite, almost. Um, IKEA and Whole Foods are, you know, the closest. And this is because they have commitments on all three issues that we evaluate. So we're looking at uh, conditions for hens in the egg industry, pigs in the pork industry, and then also chickens raised for meat. IKEA and Whole Foods have commitments to all three of those. 
they're reporting progress on them, but in some cases they haven't fully planned how to get to 100%. So they're falling slightly short of perfect scores, um, but nearly there. And I expect that they'll get there in the next few years. When it comes to industrial farming as a whole, does does Mercy for Animals have any sort of um, mandates or sort of broad strokes that they really want to see these companies move forward with? Is there a way to farm these animals and treat them in a way that that is humane and that is okay? Or do we still have a, a really far way to go? Our focus has been banning the cruelest practices. So really trying to elevate the minimum standard on factory farms. We also do work on um, you know, plant-based initiatives and ensuring that um, you know, folks have alternatives. But our most of our work and the work I do in Canada is around banning the cruelest practices. So this is in in our case like extreme confinement. So trying to get animals out of cages, out of crates, you know, so small that they can't turn around. And when it comes to chickens raised for meat, um, you know, trying to ensure that their breeding is done differently so that they're not bred for rapid growth and aren't subject to so many health issues that come with that um, and their living conditions. So it's elevating those minimum standards that's really what we're trying to do um, as a way to have like the most impact on the most animals now and those are also things we know companies can do we're seeing evidence of it both in Canada with those who are leading and also around the world with other companies that are making good progress so if someone's trying to avoid supporting some of these companies that are taking part in how mercy for animals would describe some of these cruelest practices what companies would you would you direct them to go to support well, I would say to like take a look at the, the ranking because we were looking at a variety of sectors. So I would say like when it comes to, you know, fast food, for example, A&W stands out as a leader. Um, it's, they have been consistently transparent year over year. Um, they've already transitioned their pork supply chain to not using gestation crates. Um, so they're a leader. Panago Pizza in Canada as well has also been fairly good when it comes to transparency and their commitments. Um, the grocery retailers have quite a ways to go, but I do think that consumers do have a choice. So when you go into a grocery store, if you're able to look for eggs, for example, that are from farms that don't use cages, that is preferable. Um, and same with, you know, looking for other kinds of genuine certification labels and being very um, critical of the way things are marketed. I think there's a big difference between, you know, a, a marketing label versus an actual certification program. So it's important to, you know, look at some of those things. Um, and then when it comes to manufacturers, Unilever uh, doing really great when it comes to the issues that we evaluate. Mm. Um, and then I think, you know, m- many of the other manufacturers still have a ways to go. How much change have you seen in the three years that you've been issuing this report? I mean, pretty pretty substantial. Um, there, there's definitely a ways to go, as I've said. But, you know, seeing A&W, for example, go from, I think they're around 70% or so crate-free the first year all the way to 100% this year. Uh, we saw McDonald's just in the last year increase their cage-free egg sourcing from 57 to 85%. Uh, we've seen most of the major grocery stores start to be more transparent about where they're at in terms of eliminating cages and crates. Um, so we are seeing like pretty good progress in terms of companies actually jumping percentages or fulfilling policies entirely. And in other areas, at least they're starting to be transparent, which is a really important step in getting toward making more meaningful progress. So Mercy for Animals has sort of on this this report broken down these companies into five different tiers. And then there's a number of score that's evaluated that goes that, co- that corresponds with each company. There are some companies I'm noticing here, PJ, that have a score of zero 
just clarify, those were the companies that didn't issue any sort of uh, promise or or goal in terms of moving forward in the way that they practice anything, right? That's right. They have no commitments and they're not being transparent about what they're doing. Um, and the reason some of these companies are still included is because they are still major companies or they are, you know, known retailers or they're, uh, in the case of like Foodtastic, this is a major parent company that is increasingly buying more and more brands of uh, restaurants and they're not committing to anything yet publicly, even though we know their brands already have commitments. So there's some here where um, they really should be making commitments and they've not yet. Looking at the, the company in the fifth tier that scored the lowest, this would be kind of rounding at the very bottom of the list, is Walmart with a score of 20. What does, a, mm-hmm. what does that number value really suggest? What does, it, what does a score of 20 mean? So in this case, they Walmart got points for having partial policies to switch to cage-free eggs and crate-free pork. And they're partial because they used to have policies that had deadlines. They've acknowledged that those deadlines won't be met, but they haven't recommitted fully to doing that anymore. And so they haven't recommitted um, in a clear way. They haven't set new deadlines and they haven't reported anything. So even though, like a lot of the other grocery stores, they did commit in the past to sourcing cage-free eggs or crate-free pork, they haven't done anything publicly to date. And so that's what, you know, what is accounting for this low score here is just like a a few points for having had those policies and acknowledging them. Um, But unfortunately, what we need to see now really um, is still new deadlines, public plans of how they're going to get there and transparency and how they're doing each year. Okay. PJ, thanks so much for outlining this. I really appreciate your time. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. That's PJ Nyman, Corporate Engagement Manager for Mercy for Animals. So that's the group that conducted this scorecard or this report. This is the third time that they've done it. It's called the Canada Animal Welfare Scorecard. You can get it online at mercyforanimals.org. It talks about what this this report really evaluates, commitments, as you just heard, to animal welfare policies, transparency, progress, and then ranks all of these companies from restaurants and fast food chains to, to grocery stores. Uh, into five different tiers. So coming in at the top, Ikea, Whole Foods, Chipotle, A&W, and Starbucks. And then rounding out the bottom in terms of who's maybe not even made a promise, as you just heard PJ explain, uh, you have companies like Walmart, Subway, uh, Dairy Queen, Pizza Hut. You can check out the list yourself at mercyforanimals.org.